Hey, it's Big Joe for your trusted local independent American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning dealer, Absolute Comfort. Chris Wedekin is the owner, and he tells us why many homeowners are giving up their air conditioners for a high-efficiency heat pump. By removing your air conditioner and replacing it with a heat pump, you are not only saving by getting a higher-efficiency air conditioner, the heat pump works in reverse and saves you money in the wintertime as well. See if a heat pump is the right move for you by going to absolutecomfort.org. Absolute Comfort is your trusted local independent American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning dealer. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock it! My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer right over there. We are on day seven of the... I don't even like saying his name, but he's in the news. Elias Dorsey. He's accused of killing IMPD officer Brianne Leith. Jurors are hearing closing arguments and uh, in jury instructions before kind of retiring to consider the fate of Elias Dorsey. Again, I, I reiterate, I hope they are not falling for the defense and the insanity plea. And the, the I, I really just pray that the prosecution was able to counter those arguments for the insanity plea because they already bought the fact that or the prosecution at least bought the fact that you know we have to take the death penalty off the table because of uh, an expert claims he's insane right man it seems like the defense team has gone above and beyond going all in to try to claim that dorsey was mentally ill and when you do that you create different options for this jury And we'll get to that here in just a moment. But again, today, closing arguments, the jury will get their instructions. We may have a verdict tonight. Uh, Not quite sure about that yet. There's still activity going on. But Dorsey himself told the judge he did not wish to testify on his own defense. Um, Probably the best for him. Usually when these lunatics get on the stand, they embarrass themselves or say something well, incriminating look at the guy in the mangan trial officer mangan shot and his uh, uh you know his the, the guy that shot him eventually found guilty last week t- took the stand in his own defense right like he was his own lawyer he was asking himself questions and he was trying to cross-examine tommy <laughs> mangan uh which again a complete debacle it was a joke, yeah. was a joke. but this trial I think there's a lot going on here. Do not be shocked if the sentence is lighter than you want. Now, I'm not in that courtroom. I'm here on your radio. I'm downtown on Monument Circle. We're in the WIBC studio. I'm not in that courtroom. But just based on what I'm reading online, people I've spoken with in the courtroom, do not be shocked if the sentence is light. Now, yesterday, the defense called Dr. George Parker. He's the director of forensic psychiatry at IU. He calls Dorsey a, quote, remarkable story and says that he did as well as he did in life with brain issues, that it's remarkable. So they're singing the praises of this guy. They're basically saying he's so mentally fit, it's shocking that he was doing as well as he did before the shooting. Is there any counter to this? Is there anything, anybody that the prosecution, I'm sure the prosecution had to bring somebody on board. All these witnesses for the defense, by the way, they're being paid. Make no mistake about it. They're not just doing, they're not going up there for free. They're getting uh, some sort of compensation for saying what the defense wants them to say. Right. The prosecution 
questioned psychiatrist Dr. Amy Trevette. Now, this psychiatrist testified she believes Dorsey had a substance abuse psychosis likely caused by synthetic marijuana. She does not support the insanity defense for Dorsey. This is what the doctor said, quote, it's my opinion that we had a mental disease or defect at the time of the alleged crime, but I don't believe it rose to the level of impairing his ability to appreciate the wrongfulness of his actions that day. And that's what I've been saying from day one. He may not be the smartest bulb in the pack. He might have some sort of issues, but he knew right from wrong. You can't fire that many shots through a front door and think you're doing the right thing. The difference between right and wrong is what this is about. So these are the options here. If the jury feels like Dorsey was indeed mentally ill, some of the options include a lesser offense of reckless homicide rather than murder for Elias Dorsey. The jury could also consider reckless criminal recklessness as a lesser offense to the four counts of attempted murder that Dorsey is facing right here. So again, there's a lot of things on the jury's plate here, and they're going to get their instructions uh, by the judge who, later on. Who was I reading on Twitter that had good things to say about the jury, the, the reporter's observations about the jury, how they were inquisitive and very attentive and asking questions and paying attention? And who it may have been Rich Nye, I think, that was saying that. But uh, but there's been a couple of different you know, journalists covering this. And that's one of the things I so he said the jury looks like while well, they're not sequestered, they get along with each other. They're talking out in the hallway. I don't know if that's a good or bad sign. I have no idea. I don't give a damn if they get along or not. Just yeah, do the right thing here. Yeah, take all the evidence, take the information and weigh out what you think is BS or not. I just don't know what you can glean from from those comments, but hopefully they're good. My jury experience. And again, when I was on jury duty, it was a high profile homicide in Marion County. This was before I was here at WIBC. There was one moron, some teacher at Warren Central, who did not want to abide by the law of the state of Indiana. Because in Indiana, it's the law that if you're with someone who's committing a murder and yeah. you're kind of the accomplice, you're also on the hook for murder. You're also charged with the same crime. Yeah. Right. Might not be murder one, but you're going to get hit with murder two. Well, Wokey McWokerton from Warren Central kept telling us, I can't put a young black man to prison if he didn't pull the trigger. And we were trying to explain to this idiot, listen, he did not pull the trigger, but he was there. He was an accomplice. He stole the wallet. He's got a gun. He went on the run in the state of Indiana. That's also going to get you a murder charge. So these are the things you deal with as a juror. I've been there. You have to deal with morons, and you have to deal with probably smart people who just don't want to go along with the laws of the state. So I'm hoping that this jury does the right thing here. I hope they come up with a proper verdict. If it's not the one that I want, that's fine, but give me reasons why. Have a good reason why, and I guess we can live with that. Uh, Nige, if you don't mind, I'm going to cue up some mood music here. Is that okay? Okay. Did you have any telephone problems earlier today? No, I'm an AT&T customer. I know there was like a nationwide 
well, not nationwide, but there were pockets of uh, all over the country that the AT&T service was not available at all. AT&T yeah. says most of their customers have gotten their service back, but man, there were tens of thousands of people who couldn't do anything earlier Did you? today. Did you, uh, yeah, what about you? Are you AT&T? Uh, no, I'm not. And I was okay. fine. I was 100% good, man. Um, Allison knew some people. Our producer knew some people that, that was affecting. Uh, oh, yeah. My second job, there was, I would say, four or five people who had AT&T, and I would say four or five of them did not have service. Really? Yeah. You know who really won today? You know who the who big won? winners were? The people that have landline telephones. <laughs> Y'all laughed at me. Y'all laughed at me. Well, who's laughing now? <laughs> My mom and dad were walking around yeah. like a damn boss earlier today. <laughs> oh, you guys don't have your phone service? My landline's doing just fine. Well, you know what? Uh, back in the 70s, a solar flare took out all AT&T's landlines for a while. That's kind of what the people, the consensus was on Twitter today, that it was a solar flare, but it doesn't make any sense because it only affected AT&T. Solar flares don't pick and choose which uh, right. carriers to affect. Does Sprint uh, yeah, have I some mean, sort of defense mechanism <laughs> that like, like doesn't for, prevent it? Like Allow it. Verizon and T-Mobile were both mentioned alongside AT&T, but Verizon and T-Mobile both said that, no, there's nothing wrong with us. It's most likely uh, the carriers from AT&T trying to call us, and that's what the problem is. So it uh, sounds like a little bit of human error. I don't know. I just saw Alex Jones say something about uh, the Chicoms. Uh, <laughs> hacking you lost AT&T. me when you said Alex Jones. I'm just saying, there's all sorts of different theories out there, but... But, um, you know, I was reading one article. There was a, a professor at the Syracuse University that says it's most likely caused uh, by a cloud misconfiguration, which is a fancy word for human error. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show. Yeah, I'm Nigel. That's Hammer with a special guest on the hotline. The real MVP of All-Star Weekend, Eddie White of the Indiana Pacers, joins us. Eddie, how are you? I'm Lovely. How are you? You know, I, I told Allison when she said, you want to go on with these guys? I'm like, well, it's either this or Root Canal. I thought about it. And, <laughs> you thought about it for uh, a said, second. Oh, what the heck? I'll talk to you guys. You guys are okay? Yeah, man, we're good. We might even put that on a T-shirt. The Hammer and Nigel show, slightly better than a Root Canal. So like thank it. you for that. Like Eddie, uh, the most famous person you ran into not affiliated with the sports world uh, All-Star Weekend. Oh, man. I, I, non-sports. Ugh. Well, I didn't get a chance to talk to him. I saw him twice. Uh, the Reverend Jesse Jackson. Okay. Uh, who's not doing well. He's in a wheelchair, uh, but he came out to practice. and I, I thought I saw uh, Bill Murray walking around downtown. Uh, Bill, Bill Murray. Yeah, I did not see Bill Murray, but because uh, I was doing host committee duties for the city, and then I was also oh, doing sure. double duty working for the NBA. They needed like an extra PR person to help them. And uh, I knew some of those guys from previous lives. So I went and helped those guys. So I was kind of like going back and forth between Lucas Oil and Gamebridge. And, and um, so you were busy. Yeah, really. In other words, you were busy. Yeah. yeah. You, it was a busy yeah, weekend for you. Many parties, but yeah. Yeah. Normally, like yeah. on social media, we yeah. see the pictures of Eddie and like, oh, there he is with Scott Bayo. Oh, look, here he is over here with somebody, you know. Well, you know, I, I guess that's, that's a good point. I think I was so busy, I didn't take many pictures at all. But 
you do know it's coming up the combine so I'll, I'll, you'll get oh, your sure. fill then okay all right all right <laughs> hey pacers back in action tonight second half of the season um it's really not even a half it's kind of the home stretch now and it starts with the pistons tonight i'm excited eddie because it feels like there's a little something here between Benedict Matherin and the Purdue product, Jaden Ivey. Seems like there's a little rivalry there. Maybe some bad blood. I don't know. Ooh. I don't know if it's bad blood, but there is a rivalry, and I love it. And, and you know, the, the Ivey's a great kid. He is. I, he, I, one of my duties was I took him around on uh, Rising Stars Day, and we talked about you know his mom playing for the Fever, and he grew up in South Bend, and I used to work up there, and very nice kid. But I think Benedict, uh, you know, doesn't like anybody that was drafted ahead of him, and Ivy was. And <laughs> the one thing that, that Benedict has, and we saw it from day one, even before he played a game here, when he said he wasn't intimidated uh, by um, uh, LeBron James, you have to have a guy like that. That I mean, you know, pe- people sometimes misread people. They think, oh, this guy's an egomaniac or whatever. And I, mean, I tell my son, you know, you have to believe you are the best pitcher in college. You have to believe that. If, if you don't, you got no chance. And uh, Benedict believes he's one of the best basketball players on the planet, and nobody can stop him. And you have to believe that. So, yeah, there's a little rivalry there. I, I think it's more friendly than – evil but uh but i think it's good and it's just another little sidebar story to tonight as we begin yeah four in a row at home so it'd be fun and in the sports world in the sports community if you have somebody that plays or maybe if you played back in the day they call that having the dog in you right the d-a-w-g benedict matherin's got that dog in him doesn't he Right, and I think the great ones do. I mean, Tom Brady, I think probably after the third Super Bowl, probably thought, I'm the best quarterback in football. Well, guess what? There's a guy playing here in Indiana who thought he was the best quarterback in football. There's nothing wrong with that. You have to believe you are the best. You have to have that confidence that you can go out and perform. And, uh, no, I, I think it's fantastic. I think it's good. I think it's good for our team. Pacers and Pistons tonight, 7 o'clock over at the Fieldhouse. We're chatting with Eddie White of the Pacers. Go back to All-Star Weekend. I know the NBA likes to bring in their people to do things. Did they try to bring in some worm to boss you around, Eddie? Uh, No. No, no, no. I I fly under the radar now. No, no. I I followed orders when I worked for them, uh, taking people around. One of the guys I had to take around was Paul George. Which was interesting, and uh, he was fun. And you know, you know, you know, what's good is you meet. I, I got to know a guy named Bam Adebayo. Okay, we, we as Pacer fans, we looked at him. Yeah, he played at Kentucky, and he plays for the Heat. And we hate him, right? Sure. He is a really good guy. <laughs> I, 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 friend. I mean, I mean, he is really cool. And, and um, so no, 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 no. I just I do what I'm told. I do follow orders. My generation, we follow orders. We don't get you know sensitive we don't get up no don't get me started i'll get in trouble right no i i follow orders i do what i'm told and uh i thought our city was fantastic which that shouldn't surprise anybody i thought the state was great you know and and, uh, talking to the sports business media that i've known for almost 30 years they were blown away by the court at the at the airport they were blown away by the the true who's your hospitality the one guy said i can't believe that people here can be this friendly. I go, yeah, they are. Well, that and LED so it, court uh, at Lucas Oil oh, was unbelievable. That was that was awesome. That that was That's absolutely killer. spectacular. And and you know the thing that was interesting talking to the guys who were on it. It did it did get warm, 
and they felt some heat through the shoes. That's probably one thing that they have to work on. But, I mean, you know, they'll work on that. Listen, it it could be seven years, ten years, but I'll bet you every court has that because the advertising and marketing opportunities are endless. It's all fun and games till we catch Tyrese Halliburton on fire, Eddie. All right, tell us about the Pacers (laughs) and the Pistons tonight. Well, I think tonight is – I think it's an important game tonight for us because – you know, we got Dallas coming in here on Sunday, and, and they Dallas could win the whole thing. And then you got Toronto on Monday, uh, which would be an interesting matchup for Siakam. And then next Wednesday, the national TV game now on ESPN with New Orleans. These are four really tough games. I mean, this isn't four cream cuffs coming in here. And so I, I think it's important to get the first one and, you know, and then go from there. Detroit's a good team. They're just like us. They're young. They got a good record uh, like ours. And um, – They've, I think they've won three in a row going into the All-Star break. So uh, this will be a good, challenging game for us tonight. And uh, I hope – it's going to be interesting to see how everybody gets back into it. I mean, right. all of us – I mean, we, I think one one hand we're looking forward to just a normal game as, as opposed to what we just went through for the weekend. But, you know, you, you, you hope you're ready to go. You hope – I hope I'm energized on a post-game show. Who am I kidding? I'll be energized. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I, I, I'm, a, I'm a goat, man. I'll be rolling tonight. We'll be going all night long. It's the best post-game show. Hey, look, Eddie, it's the best post-game show in the NBA by far. I'll give you that, brother. It's not even close. No. No, not in the NBA, in the world. <laughs> Sorry, I screwed it up from again. Beach, from Beach Grove to Bangladesh, we are number one with a bullet. But uh, I, I think we bring the energy tonight. You know what's great? Halliburton, that's the one thing I did. I talked to different different guys, whether it be uh, Durant or these guys, just casually. They all are really very respectful, and they look at Halliburton as, man, this could be the guy. So, remember Golden State before Curry showed up. You know, remember you know Cleveland before LeBron showed up. You know, how about the Bulls before Michael showed up? Uh, you know, they were just a team that had Bob Love back in the day and Norm Van Leer and Kevin Lockerty. Could Halliburton be that guy? Can he transcend even what Reggie did here and, and put us on this pedestal where we are a contender for not just the Eastern Conference, but for a world championship year after year. A lot of these guys tell me he's the real deal, and uh, I cannot cannot wait to see what the next, I don't know, five, six, seven, eight, ten years of Pacer basketball is going to be. Pacers and Pistons tonight. Tickets at Pacers.com. Eddie White, thank you so much. Yeah, next time I'm taking the root canal. (laughs) The Hammer and Nigel Show. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm laughing just because this is an election year. The Democrats are pulling out all the stops, doing everything they can to uh, not only jail their political opponent, but they're playing their greatest hits as well, Hammer. Really? Russian collusion is back, baby! Oh, man. <laughs> you know, sometime when you hear your favorite band come out with a new song, it's fun. Yeah. But you want to hear the hits. Play the hits. So, Russian collusion is back. Dan Goldman, again, he's the Democrat that looks a little bit like a young Al Bundy. He <laughs> was the one that went on MSNBC last night and was playing the hits. Every election, it seems, the Republicans fall in favor with the Russians and are used either, as you said, wittingly or unwittingly, by Russian intelligence to try to interfere in the election. You'll remember in 2016. No way. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm old enough to remember when that would get you called an election denier. And you would be ridiculed and shamed on social media, Nige. But it's just hilarious when they bring up, up Russia. It's it's 
I mean, that whole thing started, you remember, the Russian hoax because of the Steele dossier, the Trump PP tapes. Remember that? Remember that? Oh, and it yeah. was all, all fake. There was never any collusion. There's never any evidence of collusion. Yet Adam Schiff and uh, people like that, CNN, perpetuated this, this myth that Hillary and the DNC actually paid for. They commissioned that Steele dossier alongside Fusion GPS. And, uh, of course, a little side note, the FBI knowing the Steele dossier was phony used it to get those FISA warrants to spy on Trump. So you're telling me there wasn't a Russian prostitute that was <laughs> doing golden showers? Because CNN ran with that for a while. and For a while? Years! You know who's got to be sick to their stomach right now? Shift. The thumb, Brian Stelter. <laughs> yes. He got fired at CNN a yeah. while back, but nobody pushed the Russian collusion BS more than Brian Stelter, the thumb, did. Trump's Russia ties and Robert Mueller. The real Russia story, Russia probe, the ongoing Russia probe, Russia probe, the Russian investigation. But Mueller and the Russia probe, Russia synergies. They wonder if Russia has compromising information on the president. What is the source for the president's claim that they have found no collusion with Russia? He misspelled collusion. Every day we're trying to keep track of the drip, drip, drip of the Russia investigation. Drip, 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 Trump and Russia to see whether Trump was secretly working for Russia. To bring it back to Russia and Russia and Russia. Russia, 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 Robert Mueller, Robert Mueller, Special Counsel Robert Mueller, Robert Mueller, Robert Mueller, Robert Mueller, Robert Mueller, Robert Mueller, Mueller investigation, Mueller report, Russia conspiracy. Do you believe that he's colluding with Russia? I wish I could just say no. The thumb, man, he probably feels like Tackleberry right now in that one part of Police Academy where Tackleberry misses out on gunplay and he's upset. That's got to be the thumb right now. Well, and Adam Schiff is another big perpetuator. It's probably him and then the Congressman Schiff out of California. I mean, Schiff had had the evidence. Oh, like, that's oh yeah, right. I've got, I've got the evidence in my. It's underneath. It's it's in boxes underneath my desk. I thought it was in his yeah. mini barns. In right, his the, backyard. It was in a she shed actually. His wife's she shed <laughs> in the backyard. Uh, let's take a trip down memory lane oh, here. Oh, please. Remember when the Mueller report came out, and it was a big nothing burger, and it showed that Donald Trump did not collude with the Russians. This was Donald Trump's reaction that night. The collusion delusion is <laughs> over. <laughs> the special counsel completed its report and found no collusion and no obstruction. I could have told you that two and a half years ago. <laughs> you did. <laughs> and then Hammer and Nigel Records put together a little dance mix. We called it the No Collusion Techno Mix. Oh. No, no collusion. No collusion. No, no collusion. 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 Whoa. Whoa. Horror show. Whoa. Whoa. I don't think so. Whoa. Whoa. Mueller's probe. Scum on top. And they had to be stopped. No, no, no collusion. Is no, 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 no obstruction. No, 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 get your glow no, sticks no out. Is no, 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 no collusion. No, 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 no collusion. Is no, 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 no obstruction. That bear's ripping his shirt off right now like it's a rave. So that was the oh, techno mix. Back to the Russian collusion. I mean, sham impeachment. They they ran Donald Trump through the ringer, and he's doing it all over again. The thing is, Donald Trump doesn't have didn't have to do this again. Does anybody believe that he'd be paying half a billion dollars in some sort of fraud fine in New York if he wasn't running for president right now? 
Good point. Very good point. Sham impeachments, Mueller probe, millions of dollars spent, zero results. And the only collusion that was happening, actually, was big tech and the FBI and the, and, and the Democrats squashing the totally true, totally legit Hunter Biden laptop story ahead of that 2020 election. So, you want to talk collusion? Let's go back and talk collusion. And let's make it clear, he's going to be the nominee. We haven't even brought up the South Carolina primary, which oh. is this Saturday. Because it feels like it's kind of like in football. If Georgia is getting ready to play Akron, yes, there's still going to be a contest, but I think you know who's going to win that game, right? Donald Trump is going to roll Nikki Haley in her own state. And that was brought up when she visited Fox News earlier today. I want you to listen to this. I love the little shot that Harris Faulkner delivers here after Nikki Haley says she's surprised she hasn't won a state. How do you win your first state? I mean, it's amazing to say I haven't won a state yet. You've only had three states that have voted. Well, it's not amazing. We need. <laughs> stop right there. Why full is that stop. amazing? Like, let's put the Thug Life music behind that. Can we do that for Harris Faulkner? How do you win your first state? I mean, it's amazing to say I haven't won a state yet. You've only had three states that have voted. Well, it's not amazing. We- <laughs> <laughs> and you see the sunglasses come on and the dupe going up to her lips. What's amazing is that she still thinks she's going to have some sort of impact in the primary. Right? I mean... Her only function now is to undermine the candidacy and the campaign of, of Donald Trump. And That's spend it. money. As long as that donor, that that um, that Never Trump donor money keeps rolling in from Never Trump Republicans as well as Democrats. Right. She's there to, to remind people that Trump's going to, he's under indictment, he could be a potential felon, he is an abuser of women. That's her function right now. And the RNC, who technically can't move forward until the primary is wrapped up, they've got to keep acting like this is still a race, meaning resources still going to Nikki Haley that could be used against fighting the Dems. Uh, It is National Margarita Day. Big Nige, what is your favorite type of margarita? Margarita rocks with salts. Not not a fan of the frozen, although if I'm down in Florida and that's my only choice, I'm not going to say no. Uh, and I got to have a topper as well. You know what I say, mean when I say a topper? Oh, yeah, a little shot, a little like tube an extra, in there. An extra shot of tequila on top in I'm addition to the, uh, already, you know, uh, the alcohol that's already in there. I don't have yep. anything to add to that. That okay. answer was absolutely perfect. Allison, are you a uh, Greta? Drinker, I love margaritas. I'll do. I'm I'm very much like Nigel on the rocks. I don't do frozen drinks very much. So on the rocks, salt in the rim, salt on the rim. So all three of us go with the salt. I won't say no to sugar, but salt's my first choice. And uh, they also sometimes do this thing where they give you just a giant cup with a margarita and all the stuff we're talking about it with a uh, Corona dumped in there. Yes, and I think I they do that in the frozen frozen. Yeah, in the frozen I ones. Think, I think they do that. I don't know what you call that. Just, uh, again, you know, happy National Margarita Day, everybody. Man, when you're putting booze inside of booze, <laughs> that's the way to win my heart. Penny was caller at number nine. Penny, Hello. how are you? Hey, Penny. I'm good. How are you guys? Good. Do you like the Dave Matthews Band, Penny? I sure do. Good. We're going to play a little game here, DMB or AOC, and if you get two out of three, I'm going to give you the tickets, okay? Okay. All right. This is how it's going to work. I'm going to read you a statement about someone. It will either be a statement about Dave Matthews Band or 
Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, AOC. Here we go. Number one, wore a tax-the-rich dress <laughs> on the red carpet of the fancy New York Met Gala where only rich people get invited. Um. It's not uh, Dave Matthews, man. It's the other one. AOC. Yes. Yes, yes that's go. correct. Get this one right. We're going to give you the tickets. Okay. Compared climate change to World War II, <laughs> DMB or AOC? AOC. There you go. Penny. 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 Yes. Penny. There you go. I'm sure you've heard that a million times. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> Stay on the line. Allison will take care of you and uh, have fun at the show, okay? Thank you so much. You got it. Uh, Nige, coming up here after 4 o'clock, a lot of people on the struggle bus that were AT&T users. Yeah. Meanwhile, Sprint and Verizon users, they're walking around like Vince McMahon, <laughs> that billionaire strut when he used to come down to the ring right now. We'll have the latest on that, and we'll talk a little Russia next. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock it! Hammer, the big story that everybody woke up to this morning was that, like AT&T and Verizon and T-Mobile, all their coverage, all the cell phones in the country are down. Nobody can communicate with anybody. Solar flares, the world is ending! Well, it was actually just kind of an outage with AT&T, Verizon, and T-Mobile didn't have any problems, and it's looking more and more like this was some sort of human error, although very rare. I Look, there's been stuff from, you know, uh, it, was this a test run for an electromagnetic pulse? Was this Chinese hackers? Uh, was this a solar flare? Well, solar flares, first of all, they don't discriminate between AT&T and Verizon <laughs> and T-Mobile. This was an AT&T-specific solar flare. So, right. Um, I don't know. Did you have any problems this morning? Oh, you're not AT&T, are you? No. Oh. I was walking around like Mr. Tough Guy today. <laughs> All the nude pictures I sent Allison were delivered with no problems whatsoever. Now, I don't know if she received them or not, because I think you may be AT&T, Allison. Did you get- <laughs> Wait a minute, what? Did you get the photos? No, I'm Verizon. You're just blocked. <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> Good Lord. Let me let me read you. Can I just read you something out of this was from uh, Daily Express US. Lee McKnight is an associate professor at the school uh, at Syracuse University, says the outage may have been caused by human error. Quote, the dirty secret of telecom networks these days is that they are just a bunch of wires and towers connected to the cloud, like everything else in modern life, whether Netflix or your grocery store. So with the little information released on the cause of AT&T's cross-country outages, the most likely cause is a cloud misconfiguration, which is a fancy word for saying human error. He goes on to say, now, look, this professor goes on to say a possible but far less likely outcome is an international malicious hack of AT&T's network, but the pattern of outages across the country suggests something more fundamental. Look, I, I'm the first one to like pay attention to that stuff. I, the, the, the notion of a, an EMP going off and destroying all the electrical equipment and the power grid and stuff like that, I'm always paying attention to that, but it really just shows you today how how dependent we are on these little things in our pockets, these little square things right. we carry around in our pocket. Because I don't have a landline anymore, do you? No, not at all. Uh, and the thing is, 
Like, everybody was so on edge today. Is this the Chinese? The border's wide open. I bet it's the Chinese. I bet it's some sort of attack. When in all actuality, it was probably like that scene in the movie Airplane where the guy that's bald (laughs) just accidentally unplugs it and plugs it back in. And Leon's getting larger. Larger. That's what it was. I mean, it's still like you go on the Dredge Report who's been consistently scaring people out of their minds for 20 plus years. It's all still in red. Cell outage hits AT&T nationwide. 911 crashes. Quote, world is ending. Solar solar flare? Map. Uh, Did I catch a quote, world is ending in there? Yeah, world is ending. But in each of these, again, these headlines are so salacious that they put on Drudge. I stopped looking at Drudge for a long, long time when COVID hit. Because you go on Drudge Report, you're thinking the world is ending. Do they still use the clip art? I haven't seen the clip art like like when it's something really serious, that uh, the the siren, like the police siren. I haven't seen one of those in a long time, so must, you know, nothing that serious has happened. But uh, they're still using the huge red font there, the Report. I stopped looking at it for a long time during COVID because a lot of the headlines were BS and they didn't amount to anything. Was, all it did was kind of just, you know, keep me up at night for a few. But, but once I stopped looking at certain websites, I was fine. You know what I mean? Right. Well, since we're having this conversation on we're all going to die. Yes. This brings us to the story in Russia. Old Putin Tang, Vladimir Putin, flew on a nuke-capable strategic bomber earlier. Wait, he was on the plane? Yes. Oh. This was basically to flaunt their nuke capabilities to the world. Remember when Fat Boy over in North Korea would try to scare people by firing off his missiles, and, and most of them the would ocean. just peter off and yeah. land in the ocean, but he got better as he went on, and he just wanted to scare people. That's all Pootie Tang is doing right here. He's in the headlines. He's still got the war going on with Ukraine. Going on two years now, almost. And he took a brief flight on what's being called a modernized TU-160M bomber, codenamed Blackjack by NATO. This is a uh, type of plane, if you want to call it that, jet, that can indeed carry nukes to wherever they want them to go. Yeah, well, he's... He's made it known. I think the United States has known for years that they have, I believe, hypersonic missile capabilities, which is like you can't shoot that stuff down. You know, there's no missile defense system that's going to shoot down a, a missile that's flying Mach 8. And you know what? I hear that and I get that. And I'm not saying that it's wrong. But if all of this stuff is true, if we should be scared to death of Russia, why are they having such a hard time with Ukraine, with Zelensky, who really can't even continue the fight until we send him our table scraps? Like, I understand Russia. I'm sure they have nukes. They have powerful weapons. But they also have conscripts. They have a meat grinder. They have an endless amount of uh, human bodies that they could put on the front lines. They could take people out of prisons. Uh, They have uh, China giving them ammunition now and missiles. They have uh, friends with Iran. So, I I think, like, I don't see a way out for Ukraine unless there is some sort of big-time concession or settlement involved. I really don't. I mean, it's been two years and we've been given. How much is. Uh, how much. What's 60. I keep on asking the question, what's $60 billion going to do? That's what they want from the United States at this point. We've given them hundreds of billions of dollars. Right. Or at least in the 100 range billion of dollars. What's what's another 60 going to do? I don't like what Russia did. I don't like that they're in Ukraine. I don't like that lots of, you know, uh, uh, Ukrainians have, have died during this. But. 
but what's the next step? Do they think they're going to defeat a gigantic nuclear um, country, nuclear-capable country like Russia? Everything you said is right. You're 100% right. Don't get it twisted. Russia is winning that war, and ultimately, they will win that war. But at the same time, I'm not ready to say once they conquer Ukraine, they're moving on to Poland, and they're moving on to France, well, and they're going to go full Howard Dean, and then we're going to go to America! <laughs> I don't see them doing yeah, that. Yeah, well, I mean, I think Russia is like an expansionist country, but... Yeah, they go into NATO countries, and that's where it does get a little dicey, get more than a little dicey for the United States, because like then, yeah, we are sending troops over there. By the way, you may have heard this earlier in the news. Suck it, Russia, because 44 <laughs> years ago on this very date, the miracle on ice happened, baby. Yeah. You've got 10 seconds. A hill I will die on, that is the greatest play-by-play call in the history of sports in America. Is that Al Michaels? Al Al Michaels Michaels on the call, on the Miracle on Ice. Do you believe in miracles? The movie was really good. Did you see the movie? Was that Kurt Russell? Yeah. played the coach? Yeah. Yes. Uh, It was good. And anybody that grew up in my era, I'm 46 years old, if you grew up playing sports in the 70s, 80s, or early 90s, you understand what it was like to have a coach that was a ball buster. Like my coaches back in the day, you know, get on the line, suicides, stair laps. I mean, if my middle school basketball coach were alive today, he'd still come in here and make me run laps probably. (laughs) So that scene in the movie Miracle where he's like, again, again, trying to toughen these kids up. uh, That was a powerful scene. Uh, We have got some weird science to talk about. Great movie. This is a headline from the New York Post. Why are we wearing bras on our heads? That's not the headline. Oh, okay. Sorry. This is the headline. Scientists grow a pair of testicles in a lab, <laughs> and they offer new hope for male infertility. So now when somebody tells you to grow a pair. <laughs> That's a solid they're, joke. They're, they're literally, they literally mean, okay, well, let's go to these guys in the lab. They grew a pair of testes? Hell, we should have done a CSI joke for that right there. <laughs> like, because we missed that opportunity, I'll see if I can save the segment here before we go to Matt Bear. Okay. Let's do a CSI joke about this story. All right, yeah. About scientists that claim they can grow a pair of nuts in a lab and save male infertility. Here we go. Okay. Well, that's just nuts. (laughs) I feel like we got a lot accomplished there. Bravo. Ever and Nigel presents. Is. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Is this anything? All right, let's rock and roll. Can I just do, I like I have a moment of clarification here. We were talking about how Russia has those hypersonic missiles with, they can, you know, carry nuclear payloads, if, like, like Mach 8, Mach 9, and I, I had said they're, you know, you can't shoot those things down. We have a combat vet that wrote us and said, hypersonic have been shot down several times by patriots already in Ukraine. They aren't a big deal, just fluff. But where I got that information was the story in CNN a week ago where Russia 
I mean, it starts out, this article starts out, Ukraine claims it has evidence that Russia fired an advanced hypersonic missile, one that experts say is almost impossible to shoot down for the first time in almost this two-year-old two war. So that's kind of where I was getting my information from. And I, I don't think anything, any missile that can carry a nuclear payload that could fly like Mach 8 is, is, quote, fluff, but this is a combat veteran. At least that's what he says in his in his bio there on Twitter. How long are you going to make me wait to talk about this Kentucky bathroom story? <laughs> How long? Because I can go get another beer in the back. I've been Actually, waiting for hmm. this story all day long. Make it two. <laughs> Done. <laughs> Done. All right. Big Nige. Yes. This is kind of an update to a story we've had previously. We had a story about this bathroom in Kentucky, like this gas station at a rest stop in Kentucky that's known as the Disco Bathroom. It's like a tourist attraction almost at this point. Right. It's got a disco ball in it, music. It's like a, one big party in the bathroom. So you go to this rest area in Kentucky, you go in there to go number one or number two, and there's like a disco ball lights in the whole nine music is this anything an ohio couple had their wedding there <laughs> they had their wedding at the kentucky gas station's disco bathroom in the bathroom here's the moment that logan and tiana tied the knot and then hit the big red button that triggered the gas station's bathroom music and lights we are gathered here today to witness the union of tiana and logan Love has brought them together in the most unique way. And today they embark on a journey that begins with a ceremony and their first dance in a disco bathroom. As we celebrate their love, let us join our hearts and minds in this joyous occasion. Logan, do you take Tiana to be your lawfully wedded wife? Okay. Tiana, do you take Logan to be your lawfully wedded husband? I do. By the power vested in me, by the state of Kentucky, uh -huh. I now pronounce you husband and wife. You may now press the red button and then kiss your bride and start your disco-infused riveting journey. I may or may not have taken some liberty with the audio there. The, the female grunt there, was that necessary? The, I may or may not have had we have, a few edits so in there. So is this a real story or not? So no, is this, this is a real story. Do we have this the real is, audio? This is the real audio. Okay. As you place these disco-inspired rings on each other's fingers, let them be a reminder of the vibrant and dynamic dance you've embarked upon. From the first disco bathroom to the dance floor of life, may the circles within these rings echo the rhythm of your hearts, intertwined with ever hopping through beats of love. You may now press the red button and then kiss your bride to start your disco-infused ribboning journey with your first disco wedding dance. <laughs> I don't know. How serious could you take a marriage if you're getting, you know, your nuptials are right next to the crapper? I mean, I know this is a tourist attraction and there's a disco ball and it's fun and there's lights and music, but you're still getting married next to a toilet. Right. How how serious could you be about your wedding vows if, if that's where you decide to... I mean, I probably DJ weddings where the weddings have lasted shorter periods of time, maybe. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Can we hear my version again one more time? <laughs> this is what it really should have sounded like. We are gathered here today to witness the union of <laughs> Tiana and Logan. Love has brought them together in the most unique way. <laughs> 
And today they embark on a journey that begins with a ceremony and their first dance in a disco bathroom. As we celebrate their love, let us join our hearts and minds in this joyous occasion. Logan, do you take Tiana to be your lawfully wedded wife? I do. Tiana, do you take Logan to be your lawfully wedded husband? I do. By the power vested in me by the state of Kentucky, I now pronounce you husband and wife. You may now press the red button and then kiss your bride and start your disco-infused riveting journey. Mike Pence used to sit in this chair right here. Speaking of unusual engagements, is this anything? A San Francisco man spending 12 years in prison proposed to his now fiance in front of her family and friends (laughs) using an iPad. (laughs) Here is Kenyatta Jones, better known as rapper Yatta, proposing to his girlfriend and then telling... Her that her mom is going to have to put the <laughs> ring on her finger. Babe, I cannot do this. Babe, I'm nervous. Everybody's looking at me. You're telling me no already. Will you marry me, baby? Wait, I gotta put it on myself. Your mom. My mom gotta put it on. Oh. Just, I'm retweeting this right now. So this guy is in jail. This rapper who proposed to his wife via iPad uh, is in jail for 12 years uh, in connection to a uh, 2016 murder. And like, it's no joke. Like, it's not like they're just, she's not in her living room on FaceTime. She's out with a giant uh, sign that says will you marry me there's flowers all over the place it's next to a lake there's like a path of roses there's fireworks this is a real thing I just retweeted it at Hammer and Nigel if you were to check that out on X and this rapper is like holding up like Gatorade bottles it's like to cheers with like, you oh, know, to man. like have a ceremonial yeah. drink. Sure, the toast. I don't, I, don't, I don't know what to make of this, and I don't know what to make of this woman who's... Well, that That's a lo- that's loyalty right there for you. All right, so let me ask you this serious question for you and Allison. If you had to be invited to one of these two weddings we've discussed, <laughs> either the murder-slash-virtual wedding or the one at the disco bathroom, which one would you like to attend? Nige? Oh, uh, well, this, I'm going to the, I would go to the uh, bathroom wedding for sure. I, this was an engagement party, but but I'm going to the, uh, yeah, I'm not going to the murder engagement, no. Okay, I'm which going party to the, which, are you going I, to, Allison? I'm going to the uh, bathroom one as well. I feel <laughs> yes. a little safer. I like that. Yeah. Uh, on the live YouTube chat, Hoosiers Hanging batter- Banners writes, it doesn't get any better than this, Allison. <laughs> when you woke to up know. today, your dreams came true. <laughs> you had to play the sound effects of toilets in the bathrooms for weddings multiple times. <laughs> dreams do come true. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. This is how we do it. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show. Hey, Hammer, uh, more great news coming from the southern border. Oh, fantastic, because it's been great news after great news for the better portion of three and a half years now. Border Patrol has arrested 6,400 illegal immigrants with criminal convictions and 178 gang members in fiscal year 24. So the fiscal year starts started uh, for this year, October 1st, 2023, runs until the end of September, right? So since October of 2023, Border Patrol has arrested 
again, 6,400 illegals with criminal convictions and almost 200 gang members. And that's what those are just the ones we know about. And the thing is, the Biden administration doesn't care. They don't care about any gang members. They don't care about oh. criminals. They just want sheer numbers. If they can get people to come across the border and find some magical way to get ballots in their hands the next couple of years, then it's all How fine. can you say the Biden administration doesn't care? There's reports now that uh, Joe Biden is going to sign an executive order, making it uh, harder for asylum seekers to get into the country, deport those that aren't eligible. I don't sure. understand how you can say that. I mean, he's such a liar. <laughs> he, he is such a, a couple of weeks ago, he was he was stumbling around trying to get on Marine One, did like some sort of impromptu chopper presser. What can you do to stop the border uh, crossing? The crisis at the border. And Joe Biden looked at the camera and said, I've done all I can. Well, apparently you haven't, because now you're getting ready to sign some sort of meaningless executive order that doesn't do anything for all the illegals that are currently the millions, the tens of millions of illegal immigrants that have crossed illegally in this country. Making it harder to get in is a start, I guess, but too little, too late, Bal. Under Joe Biden, the amount of illegals that have came into the United States is greater than 36 states in terms of population. 36 states. That's a lot of people. So it's easy for him now to come out and be Mr. Tough Guy because he's already got his numbers here. He's already got his people in place that can change elections in places like Texas, places like Arizona. They don't really need to change it too much in Arizona, but they want to yeah. solidify it. But it's just, again, it shows that he's a liar. He, uh, I can't do anything until Congress passes this bill. There's nothing I can do. Well, you could probably do, you could probably sign some executive orders uh, redoing what you undid with Donald Trump, remain in Mexico policy of some sort of version of Title 42. Right. Uh, he, he halted deportations. He, signed, he did everything. He, he rolled out the red carpet at the southern border when he took office. Well, he needs some sort of win, if you want to call it that, before the State of the Union address yes. coming up in a couple of weeks. Yep. He has to have something in place so he can walk up with all eyes on him, open his mouth, squint, lean into that ginormous teleprompter that looks like an IMAX screen, because that's the only thing he can read off of, and then say, I fixed the border problem that Donald Trump caused. You know that's coming. We all know that's coming. Uh, some more fun information from the border, Nige. Internal CBP numbers show that more Chinese nationals have crossed illegally into the border in San Diego sector than Mexican nationals in recent months. You would think most of the people coming across in San Diego would be from Mexico. It only makes sense. But you look at the top 10 countries, according to fiscal year 24 from CBP data, Colombia, number one, followed by China and then Mexico. Mexico's number three. It's Colombia and China. And I got news for you here. The folks coming in from Colombia aren't coming in to sell Girl Scout cookies. (laughs) And it's not just women and children. These are military-aged men that are coming through. And it's uh, pretty bewildering. I, I don't know what... 
that means? I mean, these these guys from China, they are making the cartels big money. Yes. Because it's not somebody like going from Venezuela or like you said Colombia or Mexico getting smuggled in. These are these are guys that that have a bankroll that are that are paying, you know, tens of thousands of dollars to somehow get out of China, fly down to, you know, the fly down to our area of the world, our neck of the woods, so to speak, and then get trafficked in. There's a story out of CBS, and this happened a few weeks ago, and we haven't really got to it yet on this program. We've had a lot of stuff going on, but I think it warrants your attention. So, there's a little drama at BlackRock. That's the headquarters of CBS, because they fired one of their investigative reporters, Catherine Herridge. Now, you may remember her from her days at Fox. Yeah, she was at Fox. Yeah, she left Fox News to go to, uh, we got like short hair. Yes. Um, Very she acclaimed. Left to go to CBS, yeah. It's not like she's got a bias one way or the other. She is one of the best in the business. She was recently fired. And a lot of people are saying it's because she's one of the few people that was actually digging in and investigating the Biden crime family, going through bank records, going through receipts, checking out what stories match up, what stories don't. This is from TheHill.com. Quote, CBS officials took unusual steps by seizing her files, computers, and records, including information on privileged sources when they let her go. Now, the reporter doing the story goes on to say, we've spoken confidentially with current and former CBS employees who have stated that they could not recall the company ever taking such steps before. Wow. One former CBS journalist who wished not to be named said that many employees are confused as to why she was laid off. And another correspondent said she broke news regularly and did a lot of original reporting. Well, CBS is a left-leading network. She was under a microscope, I'm sure. And she was brought in to maybe cover both sides of the aisle. She was the chief intelligence correspondent for Fox News. a smart woman. Right. Really accomplished. And yeah, I have no doubt in my mind that she was getting a little too close to uh, the the Biden crime family, no question whatsoever. I mean, there there were cuts at CBS, yes, but I, I don't understand why she would be one of them, other than what you just described. And if you think about it, it's not out of the norm for the big guy to try to have somebody fired if they're investigating him. Oh. Let's take a trip in the old hot tub time machine and go back to the Ukrainian prosecutor. Um, I remember going over convincing our team, our others, to convincing us that we should be providing for loan guarantees. And I went over, I guess, the 12th, 13th time to Kiev, and uh, and I was going supposed to announce that there was another billion-dollar loan guarantee. And I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. So they said they had they were walking out to press conference. Said, "No, I said I'm not going to. We're not going to give you the billion dollars." They said, "You have no authority. You're not the president." The president said, "I said call him." (laughs) I said, "I'm telling you, you're not getting the billion dollars." I said, you're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> got fired. 
Yeah, old quid pro quo Joe. I mean, uh, doing the exact same thing they impeached Donald Trump accused him of doing. Right. So, saying, hey, look, you got to investigate this uh, this corruption before you send you more aid. And Donald Trump did end up sending the aid. I mean, look how powerful that audio is. The prosecutor that he's talking about in question was investigating the energy company for corruption that his son Hunter happened to be sitting on the board, unqualified as he was. It's on tape. Everybody has seen the video. Everyone has heard the audio. And nobody seems to be doing anything about it. That's an unbelievable piece of audio. Uh, The CPAC is underway. And for those who don't know what that is, that's the conservative political action conference. A lot of movers and shakers in the world of Republican politics all get together and have meetings and they try to fire up the base. It's a pretty large convention. And today was day one. And Laura Trump, who wants to be the co-chair of the RNC. She was speaking today about how the Republicans, the GOP, they have to start embracing early voting. But the truth is, if we want to compete with the Democrats, we cannot wait until Election Day. If we want to compete and win, we must embrace early voting. The days of waiting until Election Day to vote are over. We have to encourage everyone who can legally vote to go do so as soon as they legally can. We need so many votes banked for Donald J. Trump that we're not playing catch up on Election Day. You go vote and then you take your neighbor, your friend, your dentist. Heck, I don't care, someone you met on the street, as long as they're voting the right way. Every single day up to and on November 5th, because this November, every single legal vote matters. And because that's what the Democrats have been doing in unison, and they are very efficient at it. Right. You've been preaching it for weeks and months, Hammer. You got to play at their own, you got to play by their rules. Right. You know, beat them at their own game, so to speak. You might not like ballot harvesting, you might not like mail-in voting, but... You probably don't like getting your ass handed to you in every election either. So it's either adapt and do this or allow policies like the ones that are in place right now to continue to dominate in this country. Uh, Florida Congressman Byron Donalds. Decide, Joe Biden, which country matters more to you, the border of the United States or the border of Ukraine? I love that soundbite because... What these speeches do at CPAC, CPAC is basically a dress rehearsal for the RNC, right? What's going to be the messaging you hear on the commercials Mm. at the RNC? And Byron Donalds laid it out right there. Who does Joe Biden love more, the American people or the Ukrainian people? I'm not saying you can't love the Ukrainians, but you got to love the American people a little bit. That's going to be a big thing you're going to hear on commercials and at the big convention in Milwaukee. Now, those guys you've probably heard of. I don't know if you've heard of Mark Robinson. He's the lieutenant governor Mm. of North Carolina. This dude was rolling today. You see, they don't want to talk about the fact that California is falling apart and Florida is flourishing. They don't want to talk about the fact that New York is in a shambles. And North Carolina is on firm financial footing. They don't want to talk about the great things that are going on in, uh, in Arkansas and other places where great conservatives are at the helm doing great things. When it comes to that, the news media is silent. 
because they don't want to admit one thing. The left is wrong. They are wrong on every topic, on every issue. They don't have a political leg to stand on. They don't have a social leg to stand on. They don't have a spiritual leg to stand on. They have nothing to stand on because they do nothing right. In every state they're running, they're running it straight into the ground. I mean, he had a great, fiery speech, man. It was about 15, 20 minutes. And overall, he's right. I mean, like, people are flocking to states like Tennessee and Texas and Florida. The red states, they don't have any uh, state uh, income tax. And it's pretty evident where where the popular places were. were Places are just thriving. Florida is thriving right now. And it's because of the job Ron DeSantis and Republicans have done in that state. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Show. Allison, our producer, do you do the uh, fake eyelash thing? Do you like? Do you have them put on? Uh, I don't. Okay, because because this is crazy. There's a company called Loom, and they're using artificial intelligence, AI, and robotics to place fake eyelash extensions. Now, Loom, customers. isn't that the company that they advertise on television all the time? It's about some woman that comes on the screen and says they've got deodorant that'll make your butt crack smell better. <laughs> is it? I don't know. Do you know what I'm talking about? I, I actually know, think I, you're right. I don't know if it's the same. Wait, maybe it is. Well, so I guess they're in the AI robotics eyelash they're extension in women, business. Women health, maybe. <laughs> Here, so you have a robot with super sharp whatever they call it i mean i've watched the footage tweezers yeah putting here go ahead and roll the uh the the president talking about this your eyes are taped closed and they slide you in position you correctly set the machine to do the job no thank you no thank you they're in like this that your head is in this little box actually we've we've obtained exclusive audio of a customer using actually this new ai service Welcome to the AI Spa and Salon. Please choose from the service menu. You have chosen eyelash extensions. Your regular technician, Julie, has been replaced with a robot instead of two hands. Your robot is equipped with wands similar to tweezers. Please lie down on the spa-like table and place your head in the cradle. Before we begin, we are confirming you have chosen ear piercing. No, 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 no. Press no, one no. if this is correct. No. You have chosen ear piercing. No, no, no. You have chosen tattoo removal. No. Thank you for choosing AI Spa and Salon. That will be $200. Oh, no. That's how I picture that going. And I yeah. think you're right. Mm-hmm. No, thank you. The Hammer and Nigel Show. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock! Still keeping an eye on the Elias Dorsey case accused of killing IMPD officer Brianne Leith. Uh, the jury has begun deliberations. Prosecution asking for Dorsey to be found guilty but mentally ill. Defense is asking for a verdict of not responsible by reason of insanity. I don't know. I'd say Dorsey to be found guilty but mentally ill from the prosecution is pretty generous myself. I, You know what does it for me is right before the shooting, Dorsey was pointing his gun at his girlfriend. Right. And this is before the shooting. His girlfriend, his girlfriend said, do it do it you know like was daring him but he didn't shoot her what does that tell you he knows right from wrong he knew what he was doing right um so i i don't know i don't think we're gonna 
I'm not confident we're going to get the verdict uh, we're looking for here. Certainly not the verdict that the Leith family is looking for, but we'll see. I mean, this is a jury. It's what can you do? Uh, Like, seriously, it's a jury of your peers. Um, They they are doing their job. And I whatever it is, I, I don't know that I can criticize the jury. I, can you? I mean, you, you can criticize a, jur- a jury. You know what I mean? Like you like, can criticize I, a jury. I, I absolutely. Know. Look at the OJ jury. You can <laughs> criticize the hell out of them. Well, that's that's a different uh, animal right there. I think. But, but we weren't I, I, in I, the courtroom I, here. This wasn't I, televised to us in our living room. So I don't know what they know. So we will now wait. Yeah. The jury has begun deliberations, and we will find out the decision on Brianna Leet's killer. Sometime in the near uh, future. You know, the defense, if they get their verdict, if they get what they want, the verdict of not responsible by reason of insanity, I, I don't believe that's justice for Brianne Leith. And I agree family. with you. I agree with you. I think he knew the difference between right and wrong. And someone in the courtroom said that today. Uh, you know, a madman, like they claim that he is, would have died in a hail of gunfire. He would have had a shootout with police. That's what a madman would have done. He didn't do that. He surrendered peacefully to the police after murdering an officer, after firing shots through the door. He knew right from wrong. And that's what this whole thing needs to come down to. But we wait. The jury in deliberations right now. A lot of drama this morning. Oh, yeah. Woke up to the uh, news that AT&T had a lot of their customers without service. Big outage for AT&T. Now, it did not affect other users like Verizon or Sprint. I had no problems all day today. Is Sprint still a thing? Sprint's still I, a thing. I don't think Sprint is a, a carrier anymore, are they? I believe they're a carrier. Do they? T-Mobile. Uh, T-Mobile, Verizon. And the thing is, if you watch coverage this morning, Hammer, the news was saying all three of these carriers were affected by... Uh, this outage and then Verizon and T-Mobile were like, eh, no, everything's fine on our end. It's just AT and T, and maybe some some of our users are trying to communicate with the AT and T users, and that's where this is coming from. Because the first thing you think about yeah. when you wake up and you see this is going on, you're like, well, hell. We've been hacked. You know, this is the Chinese government. This is Russia. This is somebody. It it still could be. I mean, there's everything from EMP tests. Is this a test run of something bigger? Was it a solar flare? Which I think that's been debunked pretty quick. Right. Because it only affected AT&T. Solar flares don't pick and choose, you know, from the sun who, you know, who, which carriers are affected. What was affected was the stock of AT&T. It took a nosedive this morning. So whatever the reason was for this little glitch, if you want to call it that, this outage, uh, it did not make uh, for good news for shareholders of AT&T. I mean, you go on Drudge Report, it's still like there are these giant headlines all in red that's when you know it's serious when you go on drudge because i've it's been scaring people <laughs> since the late 90s at&t nationwide sell outage mystery 911 crashes world is ending solar flare hack 
I, I don't I don't know. I don't not ruling out a hack. There's people that are saying this is probably more than likely human error just because uh, it was just AT&T, but it could be a hack as well. Who knows? Now, speaking of scaring people, yes. tell me where you're at with this tweet from Senator Marco Rubio. Little Marco, as Donald Trump <laughs> dubbed him years ago. This is on Twitter. Quote, I don't know the cause of the AT&T outage, but I do know it will be 100 times worse when China launches a cyber attack yeah. on America sure. on the eve of a Taiwan invasion. And it won't just be a cell service they hit. It will be your power, it'll be your water, and it will be your bank. Yeah, it's scary. What did we l- learn from the FBI director a couple of year, uh, a couple of weeks ago? Chris Ray. what did he testify in front of a committee to sit and saying? China is a, a huge uh, threat. In terms of hacking, right? Right. That was kind of the whole point of him being there. Yeah. Getting everybody ready just in case China wants to get a little squirrely. Are the people in the Pentagon, people that are, are, you know, defending us better have a plan ready? I'm just, we've been talking about something like this for years and years and years. This is nothing new, by the way. The power grid, EMPs, hacking our infrastructure. And think about how I, crippled but, this country would be if well, something sure. like that actually does happen on a large scale. Like when the power was out here during the summer last year, when that big storm came through and people didn't have power for a couple of days, it's like we're living back at Little House on the Prairie time. Now imagine something like that on a national level. Well, which, by the way, that storm only lasted a couple of hours. <laughs> right. Maybe not even that long. Uh, by the way, T-Mobile did buy Sprint and they merged into one company. So thank you for that. Now, in these crazy times where we are looking for leadership, Nigel, when we're looking for somebody to be the voice of reason during these crazy hacking times we live in, you can always turn to Joe Biden. Really? So here to share his thoughts on the (laughs) AT&T cell phone outage is AI Joe Biden. Sorry to hear your your TV went out and you couldn't call Batman. I'll make sure that um, all phones will have um, squirrels with rockets on their ass moving forward. That way, you won't have to worry um, when, you know, you make toast for dinner. AI Joe Biden, ladies and gentlemen, delivering a very clear and concise message about the power outage. Uh, Allison, we got some booze news. You set him up and I'll knock him back, Lloyd. One by one. We are going to read booze news because it's really fun. What was it? Squirrels with rockets on their ass? What was that line? Squirrels with rockets in their ass. AI Joe Biden notch. Uh, booze news. We got a man that goes by the name of Redneck Dad on social media. Okay. Going viral for a little life hack here. So if you're doing laundry and you run out of dryer sheets, this guy claims that if you cut the top off of an empty beer can and clean it all out, you can put that in the dryer and and that will make sure you have no static clean. You can put an empty clean, rinsed out aluminum beer can in your dryer instead of a laundry sheet, and you will have no static electricity on your clothes. 
And in the video, he shows you putting the beer can in the dryer, the empty, cleaned-out beer can, and then he takes his clothes out. There's no static clean whatsoever. Well, that is certainly a life hack, isn't it? Now you can do your laundry, Nige, and drink all the beer you want. My wife, we still, for a decade now, we've had these little furry balls. Excuse that we, me? We put in the dryer. Is that like, you or her? Like five, five or six, like for a ten years. Do you know what I'm talking about, Allison? Yeah. You know? Fur, you know what the furry balls are, Allison? Like, what are those? It's do? it's wool. It's wool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's made of wool. It's just like a little wool. But what does it do? Why do you put? I it think in that's dryer? in place of dryer sheets, essentially. Okay. okay. Well, right. I found these big ass <laughs> dryer sheets we've been using. Like they're two or three times the size of a regular one, and you put them in there, and they're scented, and it makes the laundry smell good. Okay. And I like those. Big ass dryer sheet. I don't know what the official name of it is. I just call them big ass dryer sheet. <laughs> well, uh, that reminds me of dude wipes. Yes. I love a good dude wipe. Now, I, I, plumbers don't like dude wipes. We've established that. Plumbers don't oh. like you using those, remember? Yes, I do remember. But an empty beer can instead of uh, dryer sheets, sold. Can we hear from AI Joe Biden one more please, time? Please, please, because I, I, <laughs> I'm so laughing at that. This is, this is AI Joe Biden re- responding to the uh, AT&T outage. Yes. Right? Okay. Sorry to hear your, um, your TV went out and you couldn't call Batman. I'll make sure that um, all phones will have um, squirrels with rockets on their ass moving forward. That way, you won't have to worry um, when, you know, you make toast for dinner. AI Joe Biden right there. You okay, Nige? I don't know what. I, maybe it's the call Batman line. Maybe it's the squirrels on with the rockets on their asses. I, it, it may be the you know making toast for dinner. <laughs> Those are all legitimate things that I think Joe Biden would say in real life, and not just uh, artificial intelligence. That's what makes it funny, right? Oh my god! You can see him saying those things. <laughs> Sorry, your TV went out. <laughs> Are you okay? Everything's going to be okay. Are you okay? Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm pretty far from okay. Are you okay with this? On the Hammer and Nigel. Oh, yeah! Wow. This screenshot that you just sent me, Hammer, is incredible. Tickets for tonight's Indiana women's college basketball game at Assembly Hall versus Caitlin Clark in Iowa are going for approximately $400 each. There are some tickets between $700 and $1,000. Maybe explain who Caitlin Clark from Iowa is real quick, and are you okay with these ticket prices? (laughs) Caitlin Clark is the best player in college basketball. She is the biggest name in college basketball, men or women. She is the all-time leading scorer for the women. She might chase down Pete Maravich for the guys. Now, some would argue Pete Maravich only played three years and did not have a three-point shot. Had he played four years and had a three-point line, his record never would be broken. But in terms of the women's game, I don't know if there's ever been a bigger star since maybe Cheryl Miller in the women's game. Wow. And she is phenomenal. She is a sharpshooter. And if she comes 
out of college basketball this year. Technically, she has a COVID year if she wants to use it. The Indiana Fever have the number one pick in the draft. Come on. So she is coming to Bloomington tonight. This is a big game because the IU women's team are pretty good. Uh, Caitlin Clark and Iowa tickets are going for insane amounts. Like I'm looking at my Ticketmaster app right now, and I sent you the yeah, screenshot you here. That. Section B, row nine at Assembly Hall, $334 a ticket. If you want to get closer to front row, like Section K, row one, they're going over $1,200 for a ticket. She's the biggest star in college basketball right now. And to answer your question, I guess I'm okay with it because it's supply and demand, right? It's the market. The market yeah. says that, you know, if you've got a rock star of this level coming in, you charge a little bit more. And honestly, I'm a little bit happy. I'm happy for the students of Bloomington. I'm happy for the fans in the greater Bloomington area because they can go to Assembly <laughs> Hall tonight and see someone who can finally shoot a basketball. <laughs> um, okay, where are we at here? Remember the ESPN documentary about Michael Jordan and the Bulls called The Last Dance? It, it kind of it dropped during covid it was a huge huge documentary yes so like 10 parts maybe five five to ten it was a ten, long it, yeah, series it, right. and it was about that last year of michael jordan and that bulls team last dance. where they won their final championship now three former teammates of mj are going out on a tour saying the story wasn't accurate scotty pippen luke longley and horace grant <laughs> I, I thought horace grant was in the last dance maybe i'm wrong but they say they want to set the record straight and are going on tour are you okay with this no, I'm not okay with this at all. So the tour they're going on is in Australia. Now, Luke Longley, the big redheaded goon that used to play for the Bulls, he's from Australia. So all of these guys apparently don't like Michael Jordan because he was mean in practice or he made the documentary all about himself or whatever. Get over it. These clowns would not have rings on their fingers. We probably wouldn't know these clowns' names if it wasn't for Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan made all of these guys a lot of money. And stars. Right. Scottie Pippen may have been a star on his own. I don't know. Yeah, but Horace but Graham, Luke, like, Luke Longley. Here's what Luke Longley has to say. That's the thing. Who's buying a ticket, even in his home country, to hear what Luke Longley has to say about the final season with Michael Jordan? I'd rather go to a Nickelback concert. <laughs> hey. <laughs> I thought that'd get a rise out of you. All right, got time for one more here. After months of being tormented... This school bus driver went off on the kids and quit her job mid-shift. Here's some audio. Sick of you. I'm sick of all of this. I'm done with it. I'm going to start kicking some serious ass. Do you hear me? Yes. My foot's going to be so far up your gut. It's going to dangle out your gut nose. I'm done with you. That phone in your bag. Now you give it to me. All right, fine. Done. God dang it! I can smell it. I didn't spray anything. I'm allergic to the shit. I didn't spray anything. It's right in the big. I'm done with this shit. Are you okay with this bus driver's reaction? Yes. Uh, I'm telling you right now. Amazing. The things this poor woman has probably seen and dealt on that bus. 
I understand the reaction. I totally get it. Now, I don't know if I would quit mid-shift, but if these kids were torturing this woman, if they're tormenting this woman, I kind of get it. I'm kind of team bus driver in this situation here, which brings us to great moments in bus driver history. This is in the movie Billy Madison. (laughs) Hey, who threw that? Turn this damn bus around. That'll end your precious little field trip pretty damn quick, huh? Great moments in bus driver history. How about Otto from The Simpsons? All right, yeah. (laughs) So, how'd I do? Well, you failed every segment and misspelled bus on your application. (laughs) Great moments in bus driver history. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. And now, Amory and Nigel go off the rails with Rob Kindle. The noise pollution. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer right over there, also joining us live in studio. Rob Kendall from the Kendall and Casey Show. Here to go off the rails. Rob, how are you? I'm great. Thanks, as always, to our segment sponsor, Garage Doors of Indianapolis. Hammer, do you want to start this one out with Rob? Because we had a guest on yesterday, Nikki Kelly from Capital Chronicle, right? She's the, she's the editor-in-chief, right? Right. And there's this big story about uh, this guy that wants to run against Andre Carson here in Marion County. He wants that GOP nomination. And this guy... And you, Rob, kind of have some awkward ties together. I'd like to get your opinion on what you heard yesterday. There's some questionable background stuff going on with this guy that wants to run. You've got a Um, history with this dude. Yeah, so Gabe Whitley is the guy's name. He's running in the 7th Congressional District Republican primary, which is for the right to lose to Andre Carson. And Indiana Capital Chronicle, as Nikki Kelly detailed for you guys, put together an incredible piece, uh, which there have been complaints filed against this guy alleging, amongst other things, excessive campaign contributions and fraudulent finance reporting. And you, you guys, I thought, just did a great job with this interview with her yesterday because it is as though every stone you turn over with this guy, it leads you down three more paths and nobody has any idea what the truth is with this guy. And hopefully now that the Indiana Election Division and the Federal Election Commission have these complaints, they will take action to get to the bottom of this. Well, first of all, I think if you're waiting for action from the Indiana Election Commission, (laughs) you may be disappointed. Um, Secondly, though, you're right. There are so many different layers to this guy's story here from this possibly fake uh committee that he's a part of that he's a chairman of the uh, consult consultation the, the consultation the, yeah, group yeah, the consultant group the save, o- the, save the usa save the yeah. usa thank yeah. you and the only other guy that is allegedly a board member of this nobody can find and there's a lot of people that feel like it's his alter ego it's really just gabe yeah and so just full disclosure on this my wife and i think you guys mentioned it in your interview my wife filed the complaints with the id and the fec about gabe whitley's campaign finance reports and we became aware of gabe because we sued gabe and the spencer mcdaniel guy that nobody can find over comments he made on the kendall and casey show facebook page And as part of that, we started looking into the guy and my wife, because I mean, look, my wife is a saint. She put 
countless hours into this, something she'll never be compensated for, something she's not getting any glory for. She did it because of her concern of what she was finding in these campaign finance reports of donors who couldn't be identified, of this Save the USA thing that 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 isn't apparently registered anywhere. This Spencer McDaniel guy who's you know a donor to Gabe and is hooked in with Gabe who nobody could track down. That may be Gabe. Uh, we have no idea, and that and that's the point. And she filed these complaints, and I'll tell you what: when you read these complaints, they are in incredibly deep they're incredibly well done and uh thankfully indiana capital chronicle caught on to this and started doing their own investigating and now this is out in the sunshine about what this guy is alleged to have done can you comment on any of the litigation going on between you and and this guy well it's it's, uh, it's, it's it, he was dismissed from the lawsuit spence spencer publicly said and i'm doing air quotes you can't see right now but when this came down that he made the post now obviously no one can find Spencer. We can't find Spencer. Abdul can't find Spencer. The Indiana Capital Chronicle can't find Spencer. And they reached out to the account of Spencer McDaniel and couldn't get a response. I've talked to multiple people in political circles. No one has ever heard or met the Spencer McDaniel. Now, didn't the article in the Capital Chronicle also say that the images and the photos for some of these people in question were just stock Google images? Yeah, so what happened was my wife did this and the Capital Chronicle did this. The Spencer McDaniel guy had posted a, a profile photo and when you do the reverse image, it's some sort of internet influencer or something. And it's not like he was passing it off as though, oh, look at this joke. It's not like, here's Brad Pitt. He was passing this off as it's me, and it was laughable. And look, if you go to the Spencer McDaniels guy's Facebook page, he has this elaborate story of how he had cancer and beat cancer. And you you don't want any of that to be fake, but it's like nobody can find this guy. And clearly, he claims to have been involved in politics, yet if as of us recording this, there'd been no post from him about it. Here's who I am. You know, here's so this who I really, like we said it yesterday, this is like Andy Kaufman and his alter ego Tony Clifton. We have no, and that's a very interesting example. And hopefully, Gabe will be honest with everyone. I mean, look, he was asked directly in that article, "Can you know who are these donors? And and you know, did, did these people donate the money?" And wouldn't you, if you were getting this money, be going, look, here's who Ted is. Here's Ted's phone number. You call him. Here's his address. Here's his email. If you're the Spencer McDaniel guy and, and, and people are going, we can't find you, wouldn't you be waving your hand going, Gabe is one of my best friends. We've done this together. We've done that together. None of these people have yet to have been produced or come forward publicly. So what happens next? Rob, you're a political animal. You've been an elected official. You know how the sausage is made inside the state house and with the election board and all all these horrible people that I choose not to hang out with. What happens next? Well, so the FEC was already aware of Gabe because he had donations that were flagged long before any of these complaints came out. And they were not aware to the depth they are now, but they were already looking into Gabe and, and had corresponded with him um, about these donations. So they he was already on their radar. Now, the I, the I, Indiana, uh, the IED, I, well, you would think, and obviously they can do whatever they want to do, but they would forward it on, as the article talked about, to the, the IEC, which is the commission, and that they would begin to do their digging on it. And Now, would those be the same people who, when I complained that I was harassed and my son and I were basically threatened going to vote, they basically said, well, it just happened to you. Sucks for you. Kick rocks, pal. <laughs> now, look, my wife described it as a very positive experience when she dropped the complaint off and met with somebody, so maybe oh, they just well. don't like 
like yeah. you. That's because she's got big jugs. <laughs> <laughs> but look, look, so hopefully law enforcement. <laughs> it's a joke. It's a Jim Carrey reference. Come on, people. How, how, like, honestly, how much of a chance does this guy have to get the GOP nomination? Uh, to run against Andre Carson, like have, what are the chances? Have you seen the Marion County GOP? Well, I, I mean, he's got I, a puncher's chance. There's there's numerous people, right? There's going to be a primary, isn't there? Have you seen the Marion County GOP? <laughs> yeah. I mean, look at the guy have. that was the mayor's candidate. I mean, look, look, he, he's probably got zero chance now that this stuff has come out. But you just you don't know. You don't know. And and. The truth needs to come out. Gabe needs to be honest about, you know, he calls himself Honest Gabe. Come out publicly. If these people exist, if these donors exist that we can't find, that the Capitol Chronicle can't find, that aren't listed places where they should be listed, if these people exist, produce them. If Spencer McDaniel exists, produce them. He has the ability to shine a light on all of this. Last thing on this, and then we'll move on to some other stuff. He kind of had some of these same allegations in Evansville, right? And he was so running for mayor. This is like a thing that's kind of following him, right? Yeah, very similar set of things. Now, what happened in Evansville, and Thomas Langhorn did a big piece on it in the Capitol Chronicle when he, at the time, around the time he was running for mayor down there, and Langhorn found these people. The, uh, a little different than this one, he was actually able to find the people. He called them, and these people were like, we, "We've never heard of this guy. We never gave money to him." So hopefully, wow. some. Somebody who has the ability to investigate these finances, have the ability to get into to, to banking records. Can he be jailed for any of this? Well, look, I'm not a lawyer. I, I know that there are, there are potential criminal penalties based on certain types of behavior. That'll be up for somebody other than me to decide. But hopefully the people, the FEC, the, the, the IEC will do the deep dive necessary because there's so many, so many unanswered questions and they do have the ability to get to the bottom. I really of it. hope the GOP can find somebody better than a guy with questionable bias ground to run against Andre Carson, even though Carson's a powerhouse and probably win anyway. Have you, you met know. the Marion County GOP, <laughs> Nigel? Sorry. I keep on running into that same question. We're going off the rails with Rob Kendall from the Kendall and Casey show here at 93 WIBC. South Carolina primary, South Kakalaki this Saturday. Donald Trump expected to win by a large margin in Nikki Haley's home state, her backyard. And Nikki Haley calls a press conference the other day, Rob, and says, hey, I'm not going anywhere, and I'm paraphrasing here, after I get boat raced in my own home state. <laughs> Your thoughts? So she is a cross between two people at this point. She's a cross between the Glenn Close character in Fatal Attraction, <laughs> I will not be ignored, Dan, and the Jim Carrey character in Dumb and Dumber, so you're telling me there's a chance. I mean, that is who Nikki, Nikki Haley is now a cross oh, between those, those two. I mean, look, everybody should be able to run. She's a law-abiding legal citizen of this country. She has the right to run for president. It's over. You have no shot. You're only embarrassing yourself. But if she's got nothing else to do with her time, why would she get out? But what's her function, though? I mean, the function for her campaign is to undermine Donald Trump. Yeah. The, the, oh, soul fun, the sole function. Just like Chris Christie. To totally. And I think she had, as she kind of alluded to this in that press conference she had the other day. She's not going to be vice president. She's not going to get a job in the administration. And so what incentive does she have to get out of the race? To spend the RNC's money so they don't spend it on Donald Trump. Yeah, I mean, look, she's trying to be a pain in the ass. She doesn't like Trump, and she's going to, you're right, she's going to lose by 25, 30 points, and then she's going to get her ass kicked on Super Tuesday. But 
again, you can't make somebody get out if she's legally qualified to be on a ballot. Let's bring it back a little closer to home here, the governor's race in Indiana. I know you've been speaking to a lot of candidates. Tony's been speaking to a lot of candidates. We're hearing from the Republicans. Meanwhile, sitting over here on an island, you've got Jennifer McCormick. Uh, Is she going to make this thing interesting at all? She's probably going to have the support of a lot of teachers based on what she's done previously in Indiana. Is that enough? She was Holcomb's superintendent. Well, let's point that out, that in 2016, when she ran for state superintendent at the Republican State Convention, there was a rock-solid conservative also running for superintendent. Holcomb and the rest of that group lined up behind her, even though everybody knew what she was. She is a creation of Eric Holcomb, and we have seen what a radical maniac Jennifer McCormick is on a whole bunch of stuff, and they knew what she was then, and Holcomb and the establishment said, we'd rather have her, because they hate conservatives. Holcomb and that group hate conservatives. She used to have an R next to her name, didn't she, Jennifer McCormick? Uh, didn't she change parties? Like, Not that we needed anybody to point it well, out to yeah, us. Yes, she ran as the Republican nominee at the convention for Secretary of State. There was really nothing in her background that you would say this is a reliable conservative of any sort. Everybody knew what she was, but Holcomb and, and the establishment said, we would rather have a Democrat, which everybody knew that's what McCormick was, in there because we like Democrats better than we like conservatives. She has no chance. Whoever the nominee is, whether it's Braun, and Braun's probably the most likely guy at this point, or if it's Suzanne or whatever, is going to be palatable enough to the public at large that they're not going to turn the state over to the Democrats because the Democrats, and this sucks because we need better challenges from Democrats. We need Democrats to hold Republicans accountable, but their party platform and many of the people who run are complete (laughs) maniacs that regular people are not going to vote for. Got about 90 seconds left here, Rob. I I know it doesn't really make a difference, but I'm totally fascinated with who Donald Trump is going to pick for his VP. I don't know why it fascinates me, but it's going to be interesting. I think it should be Tim Scott. He's doing very well with the African-American population in polling numbers right now. Who do you think Donald Trump is going to select? Well, I want Tucker Carlson, but he's not going to take that pay cut, as you guys pointed out. Whoever the person is, it has to be picked for one reason. This is the best, most reliable bulldog messenger for Donald Trump, and it's got to be somebody who he knows will never turn on Trump, because we all know he's going to do and say goofy things that's going to get himself in trouble. And so whether that is Tim Scott or Christy Nome, those are probably the two best leaders in the club. If it's somebody like Tulsi Gabbard, that's a disaster because she's fine on the war stuff, but she's a total lefty on a lot of these social issues. So it's got to be somebody that's palatable to the base, who will be a reliable messenger for Donald Trump. And I think you're right, Nigel. I think Scott's one of the leaders in the clubhouse. I think Christy Nome is probably the, the other leader because you know what you're getting with those people. What's coming up on the big show tomorrow? Well, we're actually going to have Gabrielle's attorney, Mark Rutherford, who's been helping her throughout this whole process. He is going to be with us to provide some more details about the the complaints against uh, Gabe Whitley. Special thanks to Garage Doors of Indianapolis. You guys are the best. He's off the rails. That's Rob Kendall. This is the Hammer and Nigel Show.